Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off 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 the Record. Off the Record. Off the Record. Welcome back to the podcast again. My name is Jamie Hartley, the founder and DJ tutor here at Crossfader. In this podcast, we're going to be breaking down all things DJ related from industry techniques to equipment and more. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about leveling up as a DJ. In episode two, we talked a lot about how to get your first DJ gigs and break your way into the industry. But then once you've got in the industry, where are you going to take it? And what are those next steps that you can be doing to get to that next level? So to help me break this down, I've got Lawrence James to my left. Yo, yo. And we've got Danny James to my right. Hey, hey. And Holland, who you might have seen in the previous episodes, isn't here today because he's playing out on a yacht in Greece. So for, for Yacht Week. So we're actually going to call him at some point in this episode and get some uh, insight into why he's out there and how he got out there because that's a big step for him. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk to him soon. But first of all, let's just get stuck straight in. So last episode, you know, you guys were involved in the last episode as well. Yep. And we talked about getting that first step into the DJ industry. Yep. Um, but as you know, we've all been through that phase, we get some residencies, you know, a DJ will get some regular slots. Maybe it's at the local, a local club, a local bar, or even you're just getting regular slots doing bookings for weddings or, or corporate events or yeah. anything like that. And then you're doing that for a year, even maybe, maybe longer. And you think, well, where am I going with this? How can I take it to the next level? I'm looking around me and there are DJs traveling up and down the country or around the country that, that I live in. Um, and they seem to be doing way more than I am, but I'm, I feel like I'm a confident enough DJ. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as good as them. So how have they got there and, and how can I get there? Yeah. Um, so let's just, let's just sort of go for it. I'd yeah. quite like to hear about the transition that you guys made. Are, are there any standout gigs that you thought, right, this is next level. This is something beyond what my regular gig is. And, and, and then anything that you can give to the audience or the listener as, as to how you got there or there was a, if there was any particular transition that happened. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's patience is going to have to be the first thing. Yep. It's not going to happen overnight. There's a lot that goes into it. We're talking, you need experience as a DJ, you need the network, you need to build up the contacts. Um, and yeah, don't expect to be playing in a bar for like a couple of weeks and then, you know, get a major kind of residency and, and go that way. So yeah. patience with it um initially um but yeah I, I reckon i was in i was playing warm-up gigs for maybe six to eight months something like that um in and around my local area and just eventually through networking meeting new people taking gigs a few of them early doors taking gigs for free as well just to get in the door for some yeah, places yeah, yeah. or really cheap early doors just to get in with some people and eventually you'll build up a network of promoters, managers, club owners, things like that, um, that once you're in the door um, and you're reliable, you prove yourself to be reliable on a consistent basis, yep. then you'll start to get more attention, more gigs. You can start asking for a bit more money, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So there's quite a natural progression going yeah. from a warm-up DJ to a resident DJ and getting a few residences. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, we, we spoke about that, you know, getting to that point, mm -hmm. but then... Once you go from a residency, how do you then get to, say, a guest set? So yeah. someone's booking you for an hour as a DJ, you know, you're not just turning up for five hours and playing whatever the crowd wants to hear. People yeah. are coming to listen to you, sure. DJ, and and, and um, obviously you're a much 
maybe a bigger name by that point, but where does that transition happen? And I know yourself, Lawrence, yeah. you've kind of gone from, you've been a resident DJ or you were a resident DJ for years yeah. and you took a leap of faith, tried to build a brand around yourself and now you're doing guest sets. Yeah. You've recently been out in Malia. Um, can you remember that time where you thought, you know what, I need to take it to the next level and why? Yeah, for sure. So I've been a resident for maybe eight to 10 years and just eventually it was getting really repetitive. Um, there wasn't much excitement. I would turn up to gigs. I would know what would happen. I know what songs I was going to play. Yep. Um, it was only a good living, so I wasn't complaining, but just, just mentally I wasn't pushing myself. And I think back to when I started DJing, it was all about excitement. It was all about trying new things. Things didn't work. Things did work. It just got to be repetitive. And then I started to see a few kind of DJs doing kind of DJ videos and like routines and things online. And I was thought, oh yeah, I could do that. I could do that. But I, I'd say that I'd say that to myself for like a, about a year, mm. where I wouldn't actually take any action. I just, I just yeah. kind of almost kind of not, not bitter about it, but maybe just a laziness or like I say, a bit too comfortable. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, let's try one and started putting out, um, yeah, live DJ mixes, little routines, one minute, two minute routines on Facebook. And yeah, lo and behold, it didn't take long for them to start growing. And I think, but on the second video, I, I had a guest book, like two guest booking offers from like just doing a second video. Um, so again, it's not like just an overnight thing, even though it was just two videos, it was still kind of 10 years of experience yeah. knowing how to, to do the things yeah. properly. I, I remember when this happened on Facebook and suddenly Facebook decided that it loved videos and it wanted to go against YouTube and, and Instagram because it hadn't even bought Instagram at the time, I yeah. don't think. And they wanted to go against these other platforms and, and they, they thought, right, video's the next big thing. We're going to alter our algorithm yep. and we're going to push videos of certain lengths. And and people started to use that to, to, to sort of market themselves. And I remember there was a lot of, the people that understood that were a lot of the younger DJs, the people just starting out yep. that were very, you know, on it with social media. And they thought, okay, I know how to use social media to my advantage. But then a lot of those DJs weren't necessarily the best DJs out yeah. there, you know, that they're putting cool videos out that yeah. all the friends liked. But as soon as then someone like yourself with eight to 10 years of experience, I can yeah. see how that didn't take too long to gain traction because you kind of put all of those skills that you've learned over yeah. those 10 and, years and, 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 and showcased it. It's and like yeah. a little show reel, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I think that because of my particular case, because I was doing it on, um, I used Serato, but I still use Technics to use a vinyl with the control vinyls on it. You know, I think a lot of people had seen people DJ on like the new generation coming up and seeing people just on controllers yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So I thought they were, I think they, the initial impact was like, oh, well, you know, it's a bit of bit of a different yeah. kind of vibe to it. And yeah. yeah, they just started to take off from there and they did really well. And then before you know it, within kind of six months of putting out maybe one or two videos a month, mm. um, yeah, I was getting you know, maybe two guest sets a month and things like that. And it's just carried on from there, really. Nice. Yeah. So marketing's played a big part in yep. obviously your transition, but there's a flip side of that. I know Danny James, as a DJ, you, you haven't really like jumped on the marketing thing and making no. DJ videos like Lawrence has, but you've had some big successes. You've, you've yeah, supported, with, you go, go for it. Like, tell us about it. I felt with like where I was as a DJ is I've never been the type of guy to post about everything I'm doing on social media, things like that. Like, not that I see anything wrong with that. You know, yeah. it works wonders for some people, but for, for others, it's not always the same. Um, so I felt with like the way that I was, I just like to, actually DJ and yep. go out and play yeah. and then you know if anything was to come off of that then I felt great about it like yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Sure. I was never the guy who was like oh look at me do this and that 
that that's just how I felt personally. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's so many people who've done it so well. I mean, like Loz, you know, he's like, like yeah, you said, yeah. he's built this whole thing from being a resident to then, you yeah, know, yeah. Doing all the and, and, yes, and it depends what your vision is. It depends what you consider to be successful in your own mind. You yeah, know? yeah. If you want to reach for the stars and you know be the next kind of David Guetta or something like that, then you know you're gonna have to put in a lot more. You're gonna have all areas are gonna have to be covered. Um, but yeah. you know you might be happy with you know a weekend residency and then getting the odd kind of booking. That's that's yeah. that's perfect for you. Whatever suits whatever suits you. And I know, Danny, you you're very into your music production, and you sort yeah. of saw the avenue of right. I want to make my own music and try and build myself as an artist. Yeah. For my music and DJing goes yeah. alongside that. And obviously, recently you're starting to get a few little bookings through your sort of artist alias. Yeah, and, that's and like the route that I felt I wanted to go down more because I'd always done production on the side. And then I'd, with being a resident for a few years as a full-time job, I was like, this is great. But I felt I would have more of a drive to be like something that I was super passionate about. Not yeah, that yeah, I wasn't yeah. passionate about the gigs I was doing. Like I loved doing them and I always, you know, put my best efforts into them. But your next step was... Yeah, I felt like my next step was, okay, artist. if I wanted music. to go further, I'd, I'd like to, you know be in that position where I get to be booked to be playing my own music yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, as yeah. an artist. So so then tell us about the last two years. Have you had any big DJ sets where you've played alongside big names or yes. anything coming up that, that you're super proud of that you think is kind of a bit, a step beyond just your usual residencies? Yeah, so like at the minute, it's, I still feel like in where I'm at in my career now, I feel like I'm a bit like up in the air, like I'm... St- still in like a transition between yeah. resident to artist. It's like, yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah. fully there yet. Yeah. And you know, I kind of like it though. Like yeah. I kind of like being in this. Doing both. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I'm still doing my, my weekly Saturday residencies that I've done for the past few years and it's great. And, but that's a night where I get to try out the music that I'm making. Yeah. yeah. So like the music I'm making is house music and it's a house music night and it's, it, you know, it kind of hand hand hand. it's yeah. a sweet spot. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I love playing there still. And, but like as an artist, it's like these, gigs that are starting to come in now where um i mean i'm going on tour with one of my friends who's doing like a tour of the uk uh so i'm like one of the support acts for that which is like absolutely great that's something i've always wanted to do sick um and then yeah within the past few years or so i've done like a few you know like room two gigs for big artist nights like in london manchester stuff like that like but just like as an artist it's like yeah stepping stone yeah for sure yeah yeah and and they were they were big venues they're reputable venues here in the uk so um i mean it must have been amazing even just to be even though you weren't necessarily like being booked as a main artist there obviously you were in a second room but you got to play these big um what was it printworks and works in london and warehouse project warehouse project in manchester so anyone from the uk will know those names but if not these are like super super clubs or super venues um and just to be able to get a glimpse into that side of the industry Mm. um it's totally different to the residency game yeah Um, you know you're playing in these big venues that only artists really get to play in yeah and even if it is an early set and there's not many people in your room it's still an amazing experience and you can see what the the avenue, that side of the industry and, and again, leveling up into becoming an artist rather than a guest DJ. You know, there's, there's two different sides there and both of them are sat either side yeah. of me, which is quite nice. Um, I think it's a good time to maybe reach out to Holland, give him yeah. a ring and yeah. see yeah. if sure, he's yeah. available. Tell him to put his beer down. Yeah, he'll be having and fun out some, on the seat. Do some so actual work. I don't know what the signal will be like. Um, all right. All right. He's in Greece, so. He'll be driving the ship. We're, we're gonna, we'll see, what, we'll, we'll ask him how he, Ended up where he is, and uh, let me get this right. He's on a yacht, right? So we'll ask him. We'll ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you all hear that? I can yeah, hear yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Ich sag dir, wie du ihn anziehst. Okay, he might, he might be setting up. Hello? Oh, hello. Oh, hey. The big man. Can you hear us? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly well. Sick. Nice. Well, how, how are you, mate? How's your tan? Ah, uh, it's, uh, it's coming on better than last time, that's for certain. <laughs> better than last time, so yeah, it's not too bad, it's not too bad, thanks. Just, um, we just finished setting up um, a beach bar, we've had a bit of a change in our plans, so the bar and nightclub we're meant to go into is too busy. We can't get 20 boats into the harbour there. Right, break, right break, wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. break it back. Bring it back. Right. We need to tell the audience, the people that are listening, before you dive in, I know you're excited, <laughs> but we need to tell them where you are. You need to explain where, you know, why you're there and uh, and where you are. So tell everyone, everyone's listening. Well, I, was actually, I, was, I was expecting you to, uh, to ring me and record straight away. Um, <laughs> right. um, we... Um, I am out in Greece on an event called Yacht Week. Uh, and what Yacht Week is, is um, for the customer's point of view, uh, you, you pay your money and you, you fly out to Greece and you get on board a yacht with 10 of your closest friends. And we sail every day to a different port, to a different uh, island, and we, we, we party. Uh, part of that partying is uh, nightclubs and bars um, on the islands. And I'm chosen, thankfully, uh, to come out and DJ on behalf of Yacht Week rather than having a local Greek DJ. They, they bring DJs from all around the world. So there's a couple from Paris, a uh, couple from America, a couple from Australia. Okay, and so and, and this is what we do. This, that's next level. This amazing. is this is this episode that we're that we're currently in the middle of is about leveling up and going from you know resident local DJ, which you also are, but then getting to those bigger yeah. gigs, getting the next level gigs. You know how how people could transition to there. And I'd quite like you to break down to to the listener. How have you found? How have you ended up there? You know, you play in the local towns, yeah, the local pubs. Yeah, it's quite pubs. an interesting story, actually. Um, and Crossfader played a big part in it. Um, basically, um, a girl who works at the bar I'm resident at uh, at home, she works for Yacht Week uh, as an intern. Uh, we run these in Croatia, Greece, Montenegro, and BVI. And she is a part of the Croatia event staff. And she, I, I, that's how I knew about it. But then she, thankfully, um, got the email address of the director of entertainment uh, and passed it on to myself. And then I happened to be at Rise Festival with Crossfader, working for Crossfader out there last year, when I got this email. And I, I don't normally um, get opportunities like this. So I didn't really know what to put in my email, but I was just very open and honest and said, hi, I've been past your email address. Um, love the event, you know, followed you on social media, I know what you're doing. Um, bit of background about myself, I know Georgia, she's passed on your email to me. I'm currently at Rise Festival, so I was, without sounding too big-headed and bragging, I was I was just saying, yeah, I'm out at Rise Festival, so I'm, I'm already doing a, a cool gig, yeah. um, trying to make myself look better. Um, <laughs> and I'd love to get involved. <laughs> and he emailed back and said, I'll email you back in e at Easter time. Um, thanks for getting in touch and I thought well that's, uh, I'll never hear anything back because <laughs> <And then laughs> that's quite a big time, gap that was actually, December to, to Easter yeah it was so, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah three four months yeah. so um, yeah he thankfully did email back um, I was going to follow him up in Easter anyway and just say hi me again not not being too pushy yeah. but just re re awareing him of my presence um, yeah. but yeah okay, it all stemmed from basically having a conversation with 
someone I knew who did something cool and saying, I'd love to do that. Well, you know, you know what it is as well, Holly? Sorry to interrupt, mate, but we were just talking about, you know, I was saying earlier about how it took me about a year to actually put a video out, but it just shows when you, you know, you put yourself out there, yeah. like, don't be afraid of somebody saying no. Happen. Like, the worst that could happen is saying, oh, yeah, sorry, 100%. you know, we've already booked our DJs. You're like, no problem, you know, just take my email for future, et cetera. Yeah, and, and but here you are anyway. You another know really mean? good thing about, another good thing about putting yourself out there and letting you, yourself be aware, let, let other people know you're aware of your availability yeah. is that should something happen to one of the other DJs, should someone drop out, sure, yeah. they've always got your contact details then so then yeah, they yeah. can get back into it trivia. Yeah. Very good point. Very um, good point. So like, um, like staying, staying, keeping like, not, not badgering and not pestering people but letting people know your availability there, can yeah. always be yeah, I think yeah, be uh, beneficial. One of the biggest takeaways from this is that you doing a good job in your hometown, in your local bar. Yeah. You never know who's who's working there, who's going as a, as a, as as just someone on a night out. You never know who's going to those places. So if you've got you know these say smaller opportunities like residencies or smaller gigs, don't don't take them for granted too much. Don't you know? Yeah, underestimate, oh, yeah, underestimate exactly. who's yeah, actually no, you listening. Never, you, and you never know. Another point to consider is. What, what you're doing on on the wider scale as well, not only what you're doing in your own gigs, but being professional and punctual and, and doing a good job in your local gigs, so you don't know who's watching on and listening to you, but also on your social medias as well. Yeah. Um, anything that's public, just keeping an eye on, on being professional at all times. Try not to get caught up in trends and, and things that might jar people off. You know, people take a lot of staff stuff that shouldn't get involved in DJing, but yeah. they take it to heart, you know, like try and avoid jumping on um, trends and political things and, yeah, and whatnot yeah. because you never know who you might alienate without yeah. realising so without realising you're alienating people you may be doing so so like social media is a massive part of our job these days and a massive part of our lives yeah. but if it's public and you're representing yourself as a DJ as a, as a business almost because you are a self-employed DJ yep. just remember you've got to be professional and, and, you have no idea who might possibly be looking at you and also I know he's too humble to say this, but he also played at Leeds Festival last week as well. Yeah, you might have seen it on the Crossway to YouTube. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that was um, yeah, it's quite a magical so gig. That it's been a bit, Again, it's been a bit was, of a mad couple of weeks. Yeah, that was a funny one as well. Getting that gig because I have everyone asking how I got that gig. Yeah, um, a friend of mine, um, thankfully. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you how he got the gig because this is a great story as well. Yeah. Basically, he was DJing in the campsites at Leeds Festival and that's like um, uh, quite an easy thing to get hold of. You can apply online to Leeds Festival directly to, to DJ in these campsites. Um, so that's quite an easy route into this. And he was walking past the stage one night uh, five in the morning or something after he finished his, his bit. This was on Thursday and the festival runs through till Sunday night. Yeah. And he walked up to this person on the stage, like behind the stage and said, how do I, how do I go about playing on this stage? And the guy kind of laughed and said, come back at 5am on Sunday morning and you can play for an hour. Yeah. Now his intentions by saying that was like, oh, go away. You'll never come back. Yeah. You're just another drunk kid. Everyone asks. But 5am Sunday morning, Danny rocks up with his headphones and his USBs and his CDs. And like, I'm here, I'm ready to go. So, Amazing. truth to the word, they're like, okay, we weren't expecting this, we'll put him on. And um, what, seven, eight years la- down the line, he's now helping book the DJs for that stage. Amazing. Wow. So, Amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be friends with him, but he said to me, one of the earliest conversations I ever had with him when I met him, uh, he said how he never takes anyone 
onto that stage who asks him directly. Right. Because he says, like, he'd rather, like, listen and choose people on their own merit and their yeah. own credit yeah. than someone who's just trying to befriend him to get a leg up. Yeah, yeah. Well, so amazing. Good advice. Kind of, yeah, I kind of had to patiently come by um, year after year and watch other people go and you know, have the opportunity to go. Uh, and just bide my time and, and just think if I'm working hard enough, even though he's a close friend of mine, it'd be very easy to do him. Come on, he was a solid year, get us in there. Amazing. But I didn't, I just bided my time. Yeah. And eventually the opportunity came knocking. And I took that, and that was back in 2018. And then this year, yeah. um, obviously, I got to go do it again. Yeah, <laughs> we all, yeah, we've all, seen, the, we've all seen the video, and it's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, anyone listening or yeah, watching sure. this on YouTube, if you want to go and check out Holland play to 5,000 people, on this stage at 4am in the morning or whatever time it was. And one then, of the biggest festivals in the country. Yeah, go yep. check out Crossroads' yeah. YouTube channel and you can watch it the whole hour. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was, ama- it was amazing. It was a brilliant experience. and I'm very, It's just the way everything's fallen time-wise. I'm very fortunate to now be out here. Um, yep. This was organised way before Leeds Festival was. Uh, so the timing of it all was perfect. Uh, it makes me look probably a bit more of a superstar than I actually am. <laughs> I, just, I just hope that you can get your head through the door when you walk back in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to say, yeah. yeah. But no, it's, it's a brilliant experience. And we're just, um, I'm just currently, uh, all the guests are arriving. I'm on a, on a private island oh. on a beach. Oh. Um, and all the guests are on like the big swings in the sea. Nice. All on the day beds. And we've just, uh, they've, they've hired in. You'll love it. They've got a full PA system and lighting rig. I'm talking two sub boxes and tops, either size, uh, four moving heads, Jesus. wash lights, the entire lot. Yep. This is all on an island, but it's illegal to own a car here. I asked the guy how he got it here because there's only like a thousand people live on this island, yep. and the only cars uh, that are allowed here. Are service vehicles, so ambulances yeah. and uh, garbage wagons. You're going to tell me it came in an ambulance? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's even better. Uh, well, I'm not sure. If, I, I feel a bit. I feel a bit sorry for them. The subs came by boat, but the rest of it came by donkey. Oh my oh, god! No <laughs> oh, Jesus! I feel bad for those donkeys. Gives you an idea of how remote we are. Yeah, I feel bad for the donkeys. Well, but I'm told they are very well looked after. Good. So Good. You, That's what we like to hear. You, you're playing on a private island. Yeah. With ten thousand pound worth of subs and, and I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the wind here. It's about to rain. It's about yeah. twenty mile an hour winds, man. So <laughs> enjoy your week. Uh, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, well, I'm trying my whole job. I've got another week here. Yeah. <laughs> I think the main takeaways for the listener is you never know who you're playing in front of or to when you're playing just smaller gigs or local gigs. So take it seriously and do yeah, your best to impress at all times. And also, you know, even if you have contacts in the industry, you know, don't don't badger them and, and try and force a gig out of them. Just show your skills and just yeah. be patient and n- know that yeah. people are watching you and people are keeping an eye on and you. Put and yourself it's just, out there as well. Yeah, uh-huh. putting yourself, put out, yourself there. out there. Yeah, even when you, yeah, exactly. Even when you don't think people are noticing you, yeah, and it can feel like that. There yeah. can be, you know, there's been, there's been years, like I said, when I was knowing of the lead festival gig and seeing other DJs going, and they deserved it. Um, but you uh, had that sorry, little bit of bitterness. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, well, yeah, a little bit. Of course it is. Of course it is. But I've got, uh, one, you never act on your jealousy. And, and it's okay to admit you're jealous of seeing other people do big things because everyone's bound to do. If you want to do well yourself, you are going to be jealous of other people doing good things. Uh, but the, the main thing is just to bide your time and just know that 
if you keep doing the right things and you keep presenting yourself in the right way and, and presenting your skills correctly, your opportunities around the corner. Yeah. It just may not be there yet. Sure. So just don't give up easily and, and, and act professional at all times and, and, and also encourage other people to do well because they'll like you more. And if other people are doing well, they'll help you do well yeah. in return. Yeah. Yeah, um, try not to get because I know DJs can be very bitter at times and very deaverish. Yeah, but it's how it's how it's how you, it's how you use it's how you use that bitterness though, and how yeah. you use that jealousy. Like that you can you can have kind of a, a, a desire inside you that you you know you look at somebody who you want to achieve to be, and you can make it do one or two ways. You can look and sit there and be jealous and slump in your chair and say, yeah. "I should do that. I should be doing that." But yeah. getting off your seat and actually going and doing what the other person is doing takes takes yeah. a different character. Yeah, so exactly. it just depends who you want to be. Yeah, I mean, we've all worked in the industry how long, and we all come from the same area there and thereabouts, yeah. and and we all took our own paths to get where we are now. Um, and ironically, eventually, all our paths crossed at Crossfader. Yeah. But you know, at no point was I hating what you guys are doing because yeah. I think when you encourage success, other yeah. people will be more inclined to encourage you to be successful as well. Yeah, definitely. So, sure. well, and, and all the all people that used to hate on myself, and I'm sure you guys had some some hate as well, they don't seem to be about anymore. Yeah, yeah. And people, it's because people that breed negativity always fall to the side. And, but positive vibes, but everyone. Keep, keep, keep it your grind. Keep it, yeah, keep it, keep your grind. And you never know when your next opportunity is going to be around the corner. You never know yeah. who's, who's watching. You never know who's watching because... Social media um, and the invention of you know Instagram and all these things, people watch all these things. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, can, I can, you can, I can, sorry, I can, uh, like, you can post a, you post a video and say it's like a DJ video and you'll have kind of 5,000 views and you'll have like 100 likes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, you know, people are watching it. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone likes yeah, it. Well, I mean, yeah, people want to watch it. But you know, they're watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. For example, when I got out here the first uh, the first time, um, the Greek DJ barely spoke a word of English. He recognised me from crossfader videos <laughs> and gave me a massive hug. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you don't know who's watching and who's yeah. doing who's doing what. So just stay professional, keep it your grind, and, and keep happy. So it's an enjoyable ride when 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 you get to the end, and I'm sure everyone will do that puts the effort in. And deserves it. Yeah, nice. Amazing. Right, we're going to let yeah. you get back yeah. to your amazing life in, in Greece and we'll continue with yeah, the podcast. Thanks, guys. No, it's been a pleasure. I'll I hope you have you a good time. Yeah. Have a beer on me, mate. Thank yeah. you. I'll miss you. I'll miss you all dearly and I'll see you soon. See you, see you, soon, see you soon, man. Soon. Take bye. it easy, bye. God, what a life. I know. <laughs> what is going on? Making us all just, you know, <laughs> feel pretty. Uh, we're all car. feeling pretty jealous right I'm now. So jealous, so, mate. Just like we were talking about. So, but. We're, we're really happy for him, obviously. Absolutely and buzzing yeah, for him. Um, it's an amazing experience. And, yeah. you know, it's nice to see he's very very much this year taking it from that resident DJ and he's starting to get these bigger gigs and starting to push his marketing more. He's starting to do more. That's really helping him grow as a brand and a DJ. Yeah. Um, and that's all. He's right on the cuff of that at the moment. So mm-hmm. very yeah. exciting to watch. Right, let's uh, switch. Story time. Right, I did have a story. I've switched it up in light of this theme. Oh, nice. Okay. So this is a story about when I high-fived Conor McGregor. So you're listening now, aren't you? Oh, okay. listening now. So <laughs> when I first started doing my first ever kind of DJ video, um, I thought, you know, I need something catchy. I need something to get people's kind of eyes at the screen. So I, I did this video. It was Conor McGregor versus bass. So I just sampled a load of Conor, Conor McGregor. I remember this. Yeah, so yeah. it was like two, three years ago. I remember so I just sampled like- loads of Conor McGregor 
you know, all his phrases and his all his, yeah. all his jokes and stuff like that. And I just kind of scratched and did loads of little routines um, on over like bass and house and things like that, like a two minute routine. And then yeah, I posted it and I, I text all my friends and people I know. I was like, we please share this, please share this. Um, and it had about, about, I don't know, 200 views. I went to bed and I woke up and it had like 20,000 views. I was like, wow. oh, wow. And I didn't really know what going viral, what like was then. Yeah, I, just yeah, yeah. Do, I, can't, I didn't know if that was good or, or whatever. So um, yeah, so that video went crazy. And I think it did like, it did like 200,000 views total. So about a month later, I get a call and it goes, uh, somebody from Manchester and they say, oh, we're putting on this event in Manchester. We've seen your routine and we want you to come and come and do it. I was like, oh, amazing. I was like, who, who, who is it for? He goes, oh, Conor McGregor's doing a, a, a live, a live <laughs> talk, um, like a meet, a greet, you know, a, a lunch, like a, a lunch with meet, meet Conor McGregor. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow. So it's like, I want you to come and, and DJ for it. I was like, oh, amazing. <laughs> so I go there and it's, you know, it's obviously around, there's like 5,000 people in there. So I go there and in the corner, the, there's 5,000 people in front and the corner is like a big throne. So... <laughs> He does his like, he does his like talk and he does like talk in the, in kind of the other conference room and then everyone piles through to the party room. And so I'm DJing and Conor McGregor comes and sits down and then I just do the routine kind of thing. And I'm, and he's drinking, I'm looking over. I don't know if he's, I'm, I'm too in the routine. I don't know if he's watching or not. Yeah. So anyway, so my set finishes. So I, I run to the toilet. As I'm going to the toilet, I go through the wrong door bust in there. Conor, Conor's in there with security. And as I walk past him, just gives me a high five. And so I reach in my phone from my pocket and I left my phone in the DJ booth. <laughs> so I couldn't get like a photo or anything, but there you go. Just uh, put, put yourself out there. Yeah. You never know what can happen. You might be high-fiving Conor McGregor anytime. Yeah. That's, a, that's a cool story. It is a cool story. I, I like that's that cool story. story. That's yeah. definitely yeah. Uh, one to repeat a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so diving back into leveling up as a DJ now, something that um, we've kind of touched on, but something to be aware of when leveling up is is riding, you know, riding the wave. A lot of bigger gigs or bigger opportunities can come from actually doing something a lot smaller. If you get involved yeah. in a brand that is very small at the time, maybe someone's just starting an event and suddenly that event takes off or suddenly that company grows or they, they decide to launch a whole new avenue that is, you know, parties yep. abroad that can take you to another level because you're already in with that company or in with that event from yeah. the start and they trust you yeah. and you can grow with that brand. Um, that's something that happened, especially with me. And yeah. then that passed on to you, Danny, with yeah, yeah. Rise Festival. That was a, it's a skiing and snowboarding festival in France. And the people that run that festival just ran student nights years and years ago. And they still do, but they, they started off by running student nights in our hometown. And I was just a local resident. I started as a warm up, yeah. and then became a resident DJ and it was only like five, six, seven years later that they then suddenly branched out into doing festivals and yeah, yeah. straight away we were the first people to be asked, the people that they trusted, the people that were residents and that yeah. had worked for them for years, they go, right, we're going to bring you along to this festival that we're launching and and the festival was small to start with yeah. and then the following year from through Crossfader, they reached out and they said, why don't you run a DJ competition and bring some other new DJs out? So then Crossfader got the opportunity to, to run a DJ competition and actually take a couple of DJs out for a few years straight. And, yep. and we had this partnership with them and, and that helped build the Crossfader brand. It helped give opportunity to a new um, wave of DJs through this competition. And that all came from me just working as a warm up DJ and a resident DJ for this small brand yeah. 
that that I just happened to grow with and I stuck yeah. by their side and, and and did a good job. So that's has anyone else got any other story? I know Danny, you came out to Rise Festival with us um yeah, last I've, year. I've done two years for Rise now. One was with uh, a night that I was resident for. They um Rise Fe- Festival basically booked to this night I was a resident at as like a collective to go out yeah. and do like our kind of night pretty much. Yeah, yeah but like play your kind of music. Yeah, and yeah, yeah for sure. But that's another big thing is like, I would say that if you are a resident at a night, like a lot of big things can come from that as well. Yeah. Like there's, you know, big nights have scopes to book big artists, you know, like there's clubs that the, the event might be at that have a lot of booking power and can book a lot of big artists to come yeah. and play at these nights. And yeah, yeah. you might be the person that they put before this big artist. It was when I first like got into Leeds DJ and like, you know, a load of nights a week, like all of a sudden it was like from playing little clubs to doing like the odd set to then warming up for pendulum one week and i yep. was like oh my god yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. someone i'd listened to for yeah years and years and it's like just that's being, from is that from a, a brand suddenly going from just having the resident djs to deciding that they wanted to book artists and book acts that's the thing yeah it's like these these nights that they, they can book these artists and then that's it like you, you're already in with that night and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. the artist is like the guest coming along to that and it's yeah. like that is your home as a resident yeah. um and it's like a really good position to be in and then you know you can put yourself in front of that artist and be like all right i will i've played before this artist and it's like just another thing to add to you that's like you know, yeah, you feel good about. I mean, there's two things to. I know we've all warmed up for different artists yeah. and come yeah. on after different artists. We'll talk about that in a second. But one thing I just wanted to jump in with is that if you get any opportunity to play with, you know, to warm up for bigger artists, to do mm-hmm. bigger gigs, to do any of these <coughs> things that we're talking about, make sure you document it. Make sure you take yeah. any any media that you can, whether it be pictures, whether it be videos, whether it be a recording of the night, the set. Yeah, voice tags from an artist. Ask them if they can do a shout out to you on your phone and then you can use that in your mixes to yeah. promote your name and your brand. And if someone's saying, yo, it's it's Pendulum here and you're listening to Danny James, yeah. at the so start exactly of a mix, people are like, Credible. okay, well, Credible. That's, yeah, yeah, credibility. So mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't just take the opportunity and 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 play that gig also document it also use that as promotion and, and going back to marketing yeah. use it to market yourself because these are big opportunities that another promoter will look at and go well if that dj is good enough to play before that that act then i don't even need to think twice they're going to be good enough for my night yeah and that in it in itself is is a way to level up um, yeah it's yeah. not even just like events either a lot of it is down to venues like or two I've been a resident there on a Saturday for a few years now, but then from them seeing me play week in, week out there, they like invited me to do warm-up packs for other big nights that they've had. So like a few years ago, they had like as a random booking on a Friday, they had Marshmallow, Jaws and Gasly, who were all like absolutely massive now. But at the time they were just like these people coming through and I got the opportunity to warm up for them just from being a resident at that venue. And they trusted, they knew yeah, they could they trust you to could, play the right. Yeah. So like, that's the thing is like, I think, not just focusing on being a, a DJ for just the night that you're playing at, but being a good DJ all round and, you know, yeah, yeah. impressing the right people. 100%. Yeah. Okay, so who who who's who's everyone warmed up for and played after and any any stories or, or yeah. takeaways? Well, I mean, yeah, I've done, you said Jazzy Chasing Jeff. Status. <laughs> yeah, I've done Jazzy Jeff, Chasing Status. I did a tour with Tom Zanetti, who's a big kind of UK artist over here. Yeah, um, yeah Tiny Temper, Pendulum, um, so many, like all the Radio One DJs, yeah. Um, yeah, so many, and I think you know to be trusted. There's a difference. I mean, when you do it, when you're warming up for acts, um, if you're a resident DJ, you you might have to change your set a little bit because yeah. 
you don't want to be taking the shine off the main artist. So yeah, yeah. there's no point, um, you know, chasing status coming and doing a DJ set after you and 10 minutes before you're playing some chasing status songs. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, no, no. I mean, it's just obviously it, it, it's common sense when you say it out loud, but you know, if you're starting out, you might get, you know, it's, it's very easy to get carried away and so excited yeah. and, and, you know, going 100% in your set, you need to kind of scale it back a little bit. Um, yeah. Whereas on the flip side, when I did the, the tour with Tom Zanetti, it's a little bit different because you're not going to, I'm not going to interfere with what his, his set, his, yeah, his, yeah. his live show is yeah. everyone should come to see him anyway. Yeah. So you can go in 100% before, before him because yeah, yeah. it's a captive audience there. They're not going yeah. anywhere. They're waiting for the act. Yeah. So yeah. you can't really overshine him because they're here to and, see him. And he's at like a live PA as well. So yeah, it's yeah. a different thing. A if, you different, have a, yeah. if you have a DJ coming on, who's a big time DJ, who's a very music orientated DJ, you know, that's going to play a specific type of music. Then your job as a warm up for that DJ is, is to get the crowd ready, but not overexcite them, you know, get them warmed up, get them ready yeah, yeah. for the act to come on and absolutely smash it. So the better you can make that act look, the better your warm up is really, you know, yeah, if yeah. you can hold back enough so that the crowd are on the, just on the verge of, of sort of being, you know, ready to just let loose, <laughs> you know, ready yeah, to go yeah. crazy when this act comes on. And that's a great warm up because if you peak that crowd too soon, then the, the, the main act is going to struggle and claw his way to try yeah. and get through that set because suddenly the, the, the crowd's energy is up here and it can only go down. Yeah. <laughs> it can't yeah. go much higher. So you've got to sort of bring that energy up to a level where it has that tipping point and it can go higher. And that's where the act, you know, if you do a great warm up, an act will thank you um, and probably personally thank you if you do a good warm up because oh. they appreciate how how important a warm up is. Unless you're warming up for tiny temper and he doesn't turn up until 10 minutes before the club's about to close. <laughs> oh, wow. Then then you can play whatever you want, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a tricky one, actually. So similar to you, Danny, I used to play for a club in Leeds. It was a super club and I used to play there Saturday night as a resident. Um, and then they started to bring on acts and it was when the EDM scene was blowing up. So they brought on, they brought in Oliver Heldens, they brought in Martin Garrix, they brought in Nervo, they brought in yeah. all these huge acts to, to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was their main Saturday night resident, I got to do warm ups and come on after them. Um, and one of the most daunting things was they booked Martin Garrix just before animals dropped and blew up. So the, it was the perfect time to book him. Yeah. And, and, they had, I think on the same night, they had Oliver Heldens because he wasn't that big at the time either and and someone else, I can't remember now. Uh, I don't know, someone else. Yeah. Um, and Martin Garrix was the main headline, so he went yeah. on as like the third act. So everything had been played. I was like, there's a lot of energy in EDM and I'm coming on after all of these main acts to kind of close the club and to finish the night off and I thought, well, everyone's seen who they want to see. What am I yeah. going to do to try and keep an audience here for another hour, hour and a half? Yeah. Um, the club was packed absolutely packed out um and then you also have the stress of the changeover as well so i can't i can't be like a dvd dj and getting in the way of martin garrix finishing his big set and like yeah. plugging things in or changing things over even getting you know i just had to stand there with my headphones and a usb ready to just kind of yeah. okay he stops the music goes dead and you're like right quick find a song da, 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 da. <laughs> you know you've got to find that song you're thinking of yeah. um and that was a big opportunity for me to think right can i impress here um, if I remember rightly, if people are interested, the track I played, it was a remix of, it had, it was like a mashup. It was Wonderwall. So it's a big sing along yep. and it had the, um, rock, uh, we will rock you. Doom, doom, ka, doom, oh doom, yeah. I've heard you play that before. Doom, yeah. Doom, yeah. Ka. So it starts with that. So it's a very interactive song. Yeah. Um, so everyone can start the, doom, doom, ka, the yeah. clapping and then everyone sings along and then it builds up into some remix of 
Oasis Wonderwall. Yeah. Um, and it went down really well and I had the biggest grin on my face. I thought, oh, even if just this one song, it held a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was still, you know, I really enjoyed the set after and yeah. people did stick around, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, even coming on after artists, you've got to really think carefully. You can't just go and do the same set as them. Um, but it's yeah. also a big opportunity for you to say, I've played alongside these other artists. Oh yeah, yeah, you can big it up, um, big it yeah, up big you time. Can, you can big it up from there. Um, who else? I've played, I played um, after Fatboy Slim as well, which oh, was really wow. cool. Where was that? Nice. That was at the Warehouse in Leeds. Oh, wow. um, and that again, the, 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 the big super club that I was playing at, that where I played with Martin Garrix, it was the, the same people who owned that club actually owned the warehouse at the time. Right. And, you know, they had all this booking power. They were bringing lots of acts to the city. And because I was in there with them at that point and I'd, I'd, I'd worked with them for a while, it was I was kind of their go-to to, to play after or before a lot of these acts that they were bringing to the city. So right. I had so many yep. opportunities with them. And, and yeah, that was another one that I had to really, I had to plan my set before because I thought he's such an open format, you know, DJ, he's been around for so long that I had to have so much ready, but I didn't have a yeah. set planned. Yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. have like lots of music ready because I didn't know what he was going to play as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he could have taken it so many different ways. Um, and again, that was another thing that I could use to, to bolster my and CV. That's about, well, that's about reading your crowd as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So what are other ways that you could level up as a DJ? I, I'm just thinking here, DJ competitions. Yeah. What yep. do you guys think about DJ competitions? Well, I've, I've actually just hosted one. So I've seen the benefit of, DJ competitions. I mean, the biggest one to know, I think, but I we used to be friends with Danny Howard, who now has been a Radio 1 yeah. DJ for, I don't know, five, six years now. But he used to be a resident at a, a club that I used to work at. And I remember him entering a Radio 1 DJ competition. Yeah, the Ibiza one. The Ibiza it, yeah. DJ competition. And now he's, you know, one of the biggest DJs, well, around the world. He's, he's, yeah. he's on Radio 1 and primetime dance anthems kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely put yourself out there. I just, I did one as well because I, I wanted to, use kind of my um social media base to give opportunities as well so i did a dj competition last year um it was to come out and play with me in uh, zante and malia yep. and yeah it was amazing we had over maybe 200 entries wow. and it's great exposure and you know for me personally i get i get a lot of advertisement out of that for myself so it works both ways yeah. and then for the dj themselves you know that i ended up getting one to come out and play with me in malia before my set and then one of them also played at reading festival this um last weekend as well mm -hmm. so again putting yourself out there oh. you, you never know bravo for providing so many opportunities yeah exactly yeah. yeah i've got to ask though so how do you narrow down 200 people the people that are listening that are going yeah. to enter dj competitions what do they need to be doing you so, know how, how how can they stand out so, initi your so, so initially i've seen a lot of competitions and I, I didn't want it to be necessarily a popularity contest. Yeah. So there was a few that got, you know, loads and loads of views. And, you know, it'd been very easy to pick that because essentially that like, you're picking the most popular DJ and promoting your mix is as important as the mix being good itself. So it yeah. is, it is a skill as well to be able to promote your mix and get ears on your mix. So yeah, yeah. that, that was a main factor, but, it was a combination of listening to the mix, which, which mix did I just enjoy as a DJ um, and uh, and coinciding with how how well have you promoted this mix. So yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out to Benny G who won the competition. His mix was so creative, super creative, didn't have the most, um, the most listens, but he was sending me like on a weekly basis, like him doing like live routines in oh, clubs. 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. the effort going in there mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. with it as well. So again, it's just about um, thinking outside the box, putting yeah. the effort in. Um, yeah, and he was uh, ended up DJing at Reading Festival like two weeks ago, two weeks nice. ago. Nice. Yeah, so. That's cool. Yeah. Um, being on the other side of a DJ competition, when I was a working DJ, I, I, I was a resident, you know, I was, I was doing quite well at the time and had quite a few residencies, but they were all quite sort of commercial student gigs and in the city there was a, an old school hip hop night that I really wanted to play. I was just a really cool event. Now this event only had like 200 people. It was in a small club, but it was one of those gigs that I just, it was it was um, a goal. I wanted to try and play at this kind of night. And anyway, they ended up doing a DJ competition to try and find a new warm up and, and potential resident nice. for their event. Um, and it's a really reputable brand at the time like in the city but it was just a small brand that had 200 people every month that came um but i still wanted to sort of enter that even though i was playing to way more people at bigger events it was more like yeah. about playing the right gig um so anyway i entered this little dj competition and it was in this tiny little bar in the city there were like i don't know maybe 10 people that entered yeah. and we all just got like a little 10 15 minutes to shine on the decks yeah and then if anyone sort of stood out and anyway i remember sitting there and i was, I was waiting it wasn't wasn't run very well. We were all just sat in this bar and just call the next person up and you'd have a jam. Um, and I remember sitting there, I was like, oh, no one's called me up yet. And I was just really shy at the time as well anyway. <laughs> like, right, everyone else has played like, and they seem to be like finishing up now. I haven't played. I go up to, I haven't played yet. I'm like, oh, you're here to, to enter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been sat here for like two and a half hours listening to everyone else, DJ. So I'm just waiting my turn. Like, all right, go on, go on. You, you go up then, you go up. Um, so I went on and I was the last DJ there loads of other people had left by that point um, but I had a little routine in my head and yeah. I knew I knew the night inside out I knew yeah. what yeah. worked to that night because I used to go to it and I used to I used to enjoy it mm. um, so I, I already had something planned that I hopefully would impress mm-hmm. the judges because I'm playing basically to their audience yeah. Um, yeah. so I did something I was using acapellas and dropping switching out the instrumentals underneath with nice. old school hip hop tracks and doing all this stuff and cutting it up and obviously it must have stood out compared to yep. the other DJs and suddenly, the team, oh, whoa, cool, <laughs> right. Can you, uh, can you go warm up? No, can you go and play at the night now? Because they were, they were running the night that, that yeah, evening. Yeah, so it was before. So it was before, before the, the event, yeah. So they're like, right, just go down. Let's let's take you down now and you can play tonight. I was like, sick. amazing, that is sick. And from the back of that, I, I ended up being a resident for that brand. Yeah. Um, and I played quite regularly for them and that was another point where they grew as a company and they grew as a brand. And I started playing, I warmed up for like DJ Yoda and things nice. like that. So that side of the industry. Um, and I had the opportunity to play with artists like that. Um, or should I say DJs like that? And, yeah. and that was another instance of, you know, I just took a gamble, went to this DJ competition, did my best, but actually grew with the brand beyond that as well and got to warm up for some other acts. Yeah, so amazing. That's another amazing. instance. Before, before, and also on the, on the flip side, before we finish this topic, I've reckon I've entered maybe eight or nine DJ competitions and not one. So yeah. it was yeah. not just all like win stories, not yeah, all yeah, successful yeah, yeah. stories. It's just uh, perseverance, persistence. Yeah. And keep keep yeah. at it. Yeah. 100%. And, yeah. and you're, all you're going to do is learn. Yeah, the bottom sure. line is, even if you don't win, at least you're learning and you put yeah. yourself out there and you never know. You never know. People that run those competitions, you might not have won it, but you might have caught yeah. their attention. Yeah. And they might now have you in their mind for when they next need another DJ uh-huh. and they just need to call someone up and like, well, he impresses at the competition. So yeah. just give him a shot. So yeah, try and enter as, as much as you can, put yourself out there as much as you can. And yeah. uh, I think that will definitely help you to level up. So just before hitting record on this podcast, we actually reached out on Instagram to ask some questions and see if anyone had anything they wanted answering inside this podcast. So Danny, have you got the questions? I do. So first one's from Mark. 
Um, what is the best way to overcome anxiety slash nerves before playing a set? That is a good question. It's a good question. I think for me personally, um, I think everyone's different, but for me, I think like nerves come from like lack of preparation. So if I don't, if I don't know what I'm getting into, yeah, you, you can, you can feel nerves. So I'm, I'm always prepared. We've, you know, we've talked about online about if you're, if you're using a laptop and you get your crates ready, get all your, um, uh, folders and music organizing category, just in case you have to, you don't know what you're going to play. Um, you're a bit more prepared in that way. Um, and you can also use nerves to your benefit. You know, I've, some of the best sets will come when, when you're, you, when, yeah. when you, when you're nervous and you think yeah, about it, if you can learn to control them nerves, yeah. I think nerves are a good thing as well. Cause it helps you um, push yourself. I was saying earlier in a podcast about, I was being really comfortable in, in what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. And then the only time I w- was nervous was when I was putting myself out there online mm-hmm. for open comments. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely like nerves, nerves can work in your favor if you, if you allow it to, but um, yeah. yeah. And always be prepared as well. Like, I feel like it's a good thing to not be too comfortable as yeah, well. Sure. Like going back to when I was saying about how I'm enjoying this whole stage of going out of being just a resident to going down like more of an artist route. Like I feel nervous about it. Like yeah. I don't feel yeah. totally comfortable about it, but I like and, it at and, the same and, time. And, and if you're nervous, it means you care about it as well. Exactly. It means yeah, that you're yeah. passionate about yeah. it. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you know, nervous about, yeah. about doing anything else. I That's your passion. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. you've got to change the way you view it because yeah. you're never going to, you know, the, the question of how do you overcome nerves yeah. is, is, is almost an impossible question. Impossible. It's not a question yeah. we should ask ourselves. It's how, how can use we them? use our nerves? Yeah. And I think just changing your mindset and the way you think about yeah. being nervous um, and, and the way you approach being nervous will, will ultimately change the way that you perform as well. Yeah. Um, because trying to overcome it, you'll never overcome it. The biggest acts in the world still get nervous before they go on stage. You know, yeah, for sure. everyone gets nervous. It's a natural thing. So don't be scared of it. You know, yeah. use it, use it. But it means you're pushing yourself as well. Yeah. Just know that the worst thing, you know, that, that yes, bad things can happen. Don't get me wrong, but you can, as long as you don't let it get you down and you move on and you keep your yeah. head held up high and you go on to the next gig. Um, even if it was a car crash and you think, Oh my God, my nerves got the better of me. I just didn't perform very well, then just know that next time that was your benchmark and you need to do, try and just do a bit better next time. And then that's a win, you know, yep, yep. even if it's not amazing still, if it was better than the last time, then you've learned from it and that's yeah. a win. So I think just, yeah, changing your mindset, I'd say is, is yep. trying to look at it from a different point of view. Yep, cool. Next question. Next question is by Ethan it says, uh, what is meant by reading a crowd whilst you DJ and how do you do this successfully? There's a lot of answers for this one. Yeah. So reading a crowd, I'd sort of say is reading a crowd is you want to play the music that the crowd sort of want to hear, or maybe they don't necessarily know they want to hear it, but you're playing music that they're going to respond to, react to, dance to, and ultimately stay and enjoy themselves to. Would you all agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just look up. I mean, if you're playing a family party, you're probably not going to be wanting to play some trap music. (laughs) Do do you know what I mean? So that's that's yeah. an extreme version but it's very easy it, it, i say easy it comes with experience and just getting your head up see what people are dancing to if you're playing a load of you know beyonce songs and girls are yeah, singing yeah. along to it you know don't then flip up and start playing some you know future or, or whatever i think yeah. whatever gig you're doing like jamie yeah. said with that hip-hop competition do your research so do like know yeah. what night you're about to play yeah no matter no, what it night. is yeah. know what you're about to do and be ready for yeah. anything preparation again yeah, Pre- yeah. goes back to preparation i remember i mean this is both question i remember the most like the most um nervous i used to get was when i used to play um 
it was sort of guest gigs. When I used to play in new cities or even when I get right. a new residency, yeah, yeah, a right. new city, and I know that a residency is great. After you've done a few weeks, it's great because you understand the crowd. Yeah. But you're going to a new city, you're going to a new club, you're going yeah. to a new crowd for the first time. And one of the things I always used to do is is try and just feel my way through a few different genres. Even, you know, it depends on the night, obviously. Yeah. But if it's just an open format student night, then I'm going to venture my way through a few different genres and listen to the crowd and yeah. watch the crowd and think, okay, well that worked. So I'm going to play more of that. Yeah. That didn't work. So I'm going to yeah. stay away from that style of music a bit more. And you start to learn the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that helps if you're going to become a resident for that night and keep going back because mm -hmm. obviously you can start to refine your music library to that audience. Yeah. But if you're just playing a one-off gig as a more of a guest, then you've got to do that quickly in the yeah, first 10 yeah. minutes you've got to be like right this has been working that's not or even look at the dj that's playing before and think right well what's he playing or she what's she playing that is working yeah yeah and what's not and that's kind of you just got to like you said Lars, is is, is look at the crowd listen yeah. to the crowd it's important to not just get too comfortable with that as well like for example i've done nights that have been I've done residencies in Leeds and then they'll take the same brand to another city, which would be an hour away. But yeah. just because it works yeah. in one city doesn't mean it works yeah. in another. So I found like even driving an hour away from yeah, home, sure. it's a totally different crowd. It is big yeah. time. And Pops. like, there'll be like, it's really strange how not so far away can be so much more educated on music yeah. and like different styles of music. For and sure. Yeah. I think it's just important to be ready for things like that. Yeah. And it goes back to being prepared, like you yeah. said, um, from the last question is, yeah. is knowing that, okay, if, if it does end up going this way and down this slight genre path, then yeah. have I got enough music to cater for that crowd? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, listen, that's my main thing. Listen, when you hear that scream or that, that, whoa, you know, when something dropped and yeah. that's, that's your route. That's what you want to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Try cool. to get that. Next question. Cool. Next question is from Jason and it says, Hey guys, should I experience as should I use my experience as a wedding DJ putting myself out there to bars and clubs? I ask this because I understand that in the DJ community, wedding DJs can be seen as having minimal DJ skill or talent in some cases. I'm not sure if my, if mentioning my experience as a wedding DJ would hinder my chances of landing a gig in a club setting. Uh, thanks. Also, shout out to DJ Lawrence James for the great work he does on the channel. Nice. You're welcome, mate. Well, I think he, checks, he checks in the post. <laughs> <laughs> you do you want to take it's this a good question first? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I don't. I mean, don't put yourself in a box. I mean, if you if you're DJing to a crowd, you're a DJ. It, it doesn't matter if you're a wedding DJ or not. No. If you're DJing events, you're DJing events. You're learning. You've got obviously a wide wide collection of music knowledge if you're playing at a wedding yeah. um so it's it's kind of no different the response will be different but it's kind of no different at the end of the day if you're djing a wedding you're djing a, it's a party environment so that is so transferable into most kind of commercial bars yeah, if, yeah. If a wedding set is you know assume like just sing-alongs and top 40 things like that yeah most bars that you you walk down in you know wherever you live will will be playing all that kind of music as well yeah. so if you if you've got experience of, of playing in front of a crowd that's that's yeah don't don't kind of put yourself in a box yeah. of, oh i'm just a wedding dj that's what you know? yeah don't don't feel like once you've you're like a wedding DJ now yeah. doesn't mean that's all you are going to yeah. be. Yeah, like, yeah, there's sure. more to it. You just got to find the right way to go about it. I think he's ask, asking the question that should he mention it or, or say it? I mean, I think you should definitely always 
talk about yeah. your experiences because they are good you know yeah it's good experience. being a good wedding dj means you're going to be able to like you said be able to play to a crowd but don't say that oh i am a wedding dj can i now play in a club kind of thing it's like yeah. i've got lots of experience playing weddings so i know how to play yeah, to yeah, a yeah, crowd yeah, and yeah. a wide range of people and if that you know lends its hand to the venue that you're trying to get in yeah, then yeah. great that they would should see that as a positive and if they don't yeah. see that as a positive then maybe they're not the right venue because they're looking for the wrong djs you yeah, know maybe definitely start where where your strengths are you know look for the gigs and the bars and the clubs that really lend to your style of of mixing and what you you know are comfortable playing and yeah. then venture from there and keep going from there once you get your foot in the door in clubs and bars as well it's it's yeah. a lot easier to get that ball rolling yeah. then um but yeah i hope that hope that helps. that helps yeah and the final question says what is Jamie's favorite meal replacement shake from DJ Holland? It is definitely Huel, isn't it? <laughs> right. it's be. I've got to say, he needs to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to get be off working. Instagram. He's yeah. definitely had a couple of cans on his yacht. I know. Yeah, he's got to be yeah. confident. Big ups to anyone who drinks Huel. Yeah, yeah. Huel's good. Human fuel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to say any more about that. Boom. Tune of the week. Tune of the week. Right, stop what you're doing now. Go and listen to the new Skrillex Ty Dollar Sign yes. Boys Noise song, which is called Midnight, Midnight Hour. Midnight Hour. I did. I was driving to a gig last a gig last night, and it was thirty minutes away, and I didn't play anything else. Such. I just looped it for thirty minutes. You know they they have like a whole alias as well, Boys Noise and Skrillex. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so, said this about Skrillex before. Anything he touches is just absolutely. That's unbelievable. It's the, 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 the song. It's like it's like a, I feel like I'm in church. And then 20 seconds later, I feel like I'm at a festival. It's, it's yeah, like yeah. a maddest song. So um, Skrillex, Boys Noise, Ty Dollar Sign, Midnight Hour is probably the best song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to go check that out. Oh, um, mate. Was, was I playing it the other day? Oh, no? mate, we'll play it after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. That, you were planning a mix and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. Have you got a tune? Um, yeah, uh, UK Apache Shy Effects Chasing oh. Status remix yeah. of oh, Original Nutter 25. Right. So 25 years since the... Uh, the original version was released of original nutter. That's mad. Chasing hey, status I, just, of I need to it. say that I went to Creamfields last week with a friend who was playing there and we went to a lot of stages after we finished. And oh my God, it got played at about three different stages. Oh, did it? I can and imagine. It was like the tune of the festival, Sick. honestly. And it, it, came, it came out that weekend. Yeah. But it was yeah. so many people knew about it and it was just it was amazing. It was so good. It's just, yeah, it's just got so much energy. And I think they've remixed it in a really clever way. Like, yeah. it's not too dissimilar, but it's also just got this next level of, like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's very current. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've taken a track that's 25 years old, not changed it too much, but just brought a bit of current to it. And yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just smashed it. What's it called again? It's original Nutter 25. That's uh, UK Apache Shy Effects, the Chase and Status remix. There now. you go. Yeah. It's banger. Uh, my tune of the week is brand new from Scream. I feel like we've all gone into kind of like the dubstep drum and bass. Kind uh, of hello. Yeah. This time. It's you know, I've got Skrillex chasing yeah. status and Scream, but I mean, it's not a drum, it's not a dubstep tune, but it's a Scream song for Olivia, it's called. Song for Olivia? I think it's called that. But It's, it's like an 80s yeah. disco tune. Is it? Yeah, really, really good. It. Song for Olivia, it's called. It's, it's like a really good, like, just like a dance record with loads of like old 80s sounds, like the Sick. old like Juno sounds. It's I'm going to listen. Absolutely nice. banger. Right, so I think we're just coming to the end of this this week's episode. Um, yeah. I've just got to say thanks to everyone who's listened or watched if you're watching it on YouTube. Remember, as always, if you're listening on Apple's podcast, then leave us a review or a star rating. It really helps. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. And 
remember to go to wearecrossfader.co.uk and you can sign up into our portal area and there is a podcast in the, the podcast area in the uh, forum and you can start giving more ideas, asking more questions. We'll be posting more on Instagram as well so you can reach out on Instagram and, and put your questions in that we'll try and answer each week. Yeah. And yeah, thanks again for watching. Thanks. Cheers for listening, guys. Yeah. See you, you all next time. See you next time.